What's up, you guys? E Squared the Podcast. Jalen Gasper here. Andre couldn't be with us today. He had another engagement, but we have a full set with us today. Everybody that's here today has been on an episode before on our previous podcast. So whoever wants to introduce themselves first, you can go ahead. Ladies first. Yep, y'all know me. I'm very simple. My name is Jade, and I be acting. She <laughs> be acting. Yes, indeed. Go ahead. Mr. Oh, no, no. And, uh, and uh, another host that we have today is he was on our mental health episode. Yes. Uh, Mr. Javon Butler, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Javon Butler. I haven't thought of an alias yet, but I am going to have one when, when I come back the next time. I promise you. Okay. But I like to talk about mental health. So that's what I did last time. That's not what I'm doing this time. Because <laughs> guess what? Because I'm versatile. <laughs> versatile. 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 And of course, we have one of our our main contributors. Please introduce yourself, Latinx. Yes. Well, he already said my name, so I can't introduce myself. Oh. <laughs> you, know, you know what it is. It's Latinx. Vox Populi. I speak for the Latin people, just doing what I can. And, uh,. Uh, sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and see, yeah, even though he, yes, Latinx does have a sexy, sexy it, alien. It has a sexy sound uh, to it, it, but it I mean, the reason that I call myself Latinx is because one of the people that I look up to is Malcolm X. And mm-hmm. so, Latinx, Malcolm X has kind of a little. Come on. I like that. Right? Yeah, that's and on top of yeah. that, it's like Latinx already has a you know, movement behind it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, exactly. Oh, that's and, dope. And so, again, one of our main contributors, uh, he actually made our Real or Bull segment that we episodes that we do. And we're going to be having another Real or Bull come out real, real soon. So we just thank him for that. Give him a yeah. round of applause. Round of applause. <laughs> but, Jay, what today? What, what are we going to be talking about today? Today, we are going to be talking about the model minority. Huh? Say it again for him. The model minority. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but before we even delve into what a model minority is, I'm sure some of you guys already heard the term before. We have to talk about it because it's just on the tip of Latinx tongue. So he might as well just say it. France won the World Cup. France won the World Cup. Um, no, no, no. Hold the applause. We 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 could applaud the African brothers who wanted for France while we still criticize the white colonialism and imperialism of France. Let's be honest. Half of the squad of France that just won the World Cup are black and they're going to go back to a country that keeps on discriminating against them. Talk about it. So, I mean, if anything, Africa won the World Cup. Exactly. And, ooh, man. And it just melts... So perfectly today with our topic today of the model minority and what the minor what a model model minority is and before we even get started I love to say that the term is really uh, intro- was it is normally introduced in the right wing's debate of why aren't black people successful in the industry uh, Asian people are successful uh, Asian people get these jobs. But <laughs> the thing is that <laughs> throughout America's his, uh, uh, his, history of uh, systematic racism, there have been certain things put into place to where certain minorities were give, gifted opportunities yep. in certain occupations. Yep. Like in uh, 1965, the Immigration Act that Linda B. Johnson actually signed actually gave 
quotas for uh Vietnamese immigrants to come over here but the thing was they either had to already live here or had special skills yeah, the best of the best yeah exactly so yeah. they really weren't accepting any give me Vietnamese your doctors people. and your lawyers it, exactly I want so, your accountants and stuff so an example of a model minority would be uh, let's say a model minority in entertainment of an African American yeah, like when you think of a rapper if you think of a singer they're black that's a right. model minority. Or a model minority could be the uh, uh, Latinx or the Hispanic community or labor workers. La- laborers. Um, we work at the refineries. Uh, exactly. Or if we're athletes, we play soccer. Exactly. Don't, don't even get me started on the Mexico national team. <laughs> don't, look, don't get me started because I'm going to say some stuff that, that ticks some of my brothers off. So oh, it, let's just it, move from the top. <laughs> but we are here today to kind of like debunk that theory of the model minority because of the fact that you can be whoever you want to be. Regardless of skin color. Yeah, in fact, I believe that model minority is a stereotype. It is. It's definitely a stereotype and the right wings want to disguise it as an archetype or as as what a person should be. Yeah. To be productive. This is your box. Yeah. This is is, is your, um, this is your, your way to, to affect yeah, this change your, into your, your world your or place in society. Yeah. So. You should try this. You should do this. So um, I like to uh, dissect the minority by minority. Um, and why does the term model minority even exist? In these in uh in these minority subcultures and starting with the uh, the Hispanic Latinx community, um, I really want to get your uh, opinion, Latinx, to why you think that the model minority for the Latinx or the Hispanic American is to be a labor worker. Like, where did this come from? Well, it, we all know it could go go back to the nineteen sixties, around the same time of the civil rights movement. Uh, we had uh, our leader Cesar Chavez, and the cause that he was fighting for was. Uh, rights for farmers mm-hmm. and so uh, even from back then uh, the Hispanics were laborers they were they were farmers uh, they were picking fruits and vegetables uh, up to this day they still do it um, but not only that but they kind of went to the industrial uh, side of of the workforce and like scaffolding like scaffolding like construction like um the refineries, like I said. Mm-hmm. Now, before I proceed, I want to say that there's nothing wrong with doing these things. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that's right. not all we do. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're capable of. Yeah. Or that we're capable of. I mean, just look at the Democratic, you know, up-and-comer, the Castro brothers. I mean, oh, yes. wow, they're doing amazing. Uh, and so, like them and... and um, Dallas ISD board member Miguel Solis. Oh, yes, yes. We couldn't leave him out of this. As these people prove, we're much more capable of just going you know, out there and, and picking up a hammer, which I'll admit I can't do. <laughs> I can't do. Uh, but we're much more capable of building houses. You know, we're, we're capable of building communities. Come on. Uh, that's, that, that's great. That's yeah. great. And so, why, what if... if you had the chance, how how would you debunk that stereotype of like, okay, uh, Mexicans are only field workers, or, you know... How would I debunk it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I already gave, you know, cl- like, clear examples of those who've already debunked it. But not only that, but, like, I was talking about on the last episode I was on, uh, to show the, you know, Latin community to kind of engage them in, in, in political sphere. 
engage them and let them know that there are issues that need to be discussed and addressed that they're not discussing and addressing. Mm-hmm. Or they're, they're, and I hate to say it, but a lot of people agree, that they're conformists, that they don't go out there and do more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they still complain about, you know, like, like let's be honest, discrimination, racism against Mexicans and whatnot, but they don't go out there and, and debunk these things themselves. Ooh, so sound like something. something familiar. Hmm. So so it's Come like on, brother black. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I feel that it's an issue within the, the Hispanic community, the mm-hmm. Latinx community, as well as it is in other communities. And like I said, I think it's our obligation, not only our obligation, but our right to just change the course of of what our no culture is about yeah most definitely most definitely and uh you guys uh jade and javon being in the acting and the entertainment uh entertainment field what Hello. do you guys feel about our my not model minority as african-americans that's placed on us like oh the only way you're gonna get your uh your way in like society is if you either act, sing, or dance, or you know entertain each other, mm-hmm. or entertain people. Um, why do you feel that term existed? Like, why do you think the model minority for us has been entertainment? Oh, that's a good question. Um, like, where does it stem back from? Because a lot of people say, well, you know, with African Americans, we kind of were forced with to just do entertainment because that's all we had. Mm-hmm. Like when you look back at the Nina Nina Simones and the mm-hmm. Betty Whites, when you just look back, and even at the um, Cannonballs, John Coltrane's, it's like we did music because we kinda yeah. had to. Yeah, I, I think that um, at the, the base and the root of it uh, is our enslavement in this country. And I say that because um, our our life literally consisted of working on a plantation for somebody else, and that's that's literally it. But what did they do as as they worked, and what did they do uh, when they were not around? You know their owners, they sang, or they found other ways to try to lighten the load that that oh, wow. they carried. You know what I'm saying? Like a Negro spiritual. Yes. Yeah. So I think for for us, uh, it it almost like it's almost like uh, the the want to enjoy life or or to entertain is just a part of who we are mm-hmm. almost because of how far uh, it's like a, a coping mechanism. You know what I'm I saying? I never looked at it like that. Yes, it's like... Because like that's a, exactly what Negro spirituals were. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They were coping mechanisms. And and even with, with like, my, my personal experience, um, my, my grandma and my mom can tell you, I'll start singing when something is bothering me. Same. If I'm singing around the house, they know something's... Like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to decide about something or I saw something that I didn't necessarily agree with or like or anything like that, I'll start singing. You know what I'm saying? Or uh, something pricks my my imagination or my thought process, and I'll start writing. You know what I'm saying? St- stuff stuff like that. So I don't know. Maybe that's where it it stems from. That's what I think about. Yeah, that's a great because that's something I didn't even think about going that far. What about you, Jay? 
In many ways, it's it it's weird to me because um I think the rush on being and acting for a lot of African American people, where it was almost as if like, you know, you you everybody is familiar with blackface. Yeah. And you know what we how yeah, yeah and how we were portrayed. <clears throat> so when we did get that that chance. It was like an overflow at some point, at that very opening point. And like you guys touched on the fact that a lot of people just did the did the entertainment aspect because, you know, they had to. You know, it was a coping mechanism. You know, a lot of people, and I tell this to all of my friends, but a lot of people don't know Billie Holiday died with $11 taped to a lead. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't, it, and it wasn't even so much for, you know, an aspect of, for a, another, for the white man or against the white man, it was just something to get me out of this hell, yeah. you know, because they weren't allowing me to do anything else. Yeah. Literally, laugh to keep from crying. Yes, it's other. Literally. I just had to. I had to do it. I, I'm not allowed to do anything. They're not gonna hire me to sell you anything. So I might as well just shut the job for you. I can't you. cure your sick. You know, I can't so, defend you in court. You know, so a lot you can't of times teach your kids. I feel like the entertainment because um, it. It was something that was so natural to us, uh, many of us, it was something yeah. that we cling to. Yeah, because the root of, of, of artistic expression is literally, you know, it's in the title, expression. You're expressing yeah. who you are. You're, you're sharing your soul. Yeah. And what whatever comes with that, it comes with it. You know what I'm saying? But that's the beauty of expression. It, it, it's just because we're all human, we can all relate in some form or fashion, but every's relation, everyone's relation to and expression is not the same because everyone's different. Yeah. That's why it's so beautiful. Because it calls us all together to celebrate a commonality, but also to recognize a difference yeah. in between us all. Because it gave us that. It gave us, it was, it was something we had to vocalize what we went through. And that's what Nina Simone did with her voice so well. Mississippi Goddamn was, you know, was a protest song. You know, that's what that it would young, black and gifted. You know what I'm saying? These are things that she she did in her form of protesting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they killed Michael Max. They killed Martin Luther King. So let me sing about it. Let me not get in their face and, and, and that kind of that kind of gets me to the next question. Like uh, when talking about model minority, when, uh, a question that plagues me is like, why are why are minorities more successful than others in certain fields? And and I feel like one of those things is that our, as the African American, entertainment, including athletics, including sports, that would, that has always been an open field for yeah, us. Yeah, that's always been a go-to for us. But why haven't we been able to get, like, say, for instance, the tech uh, jobs that an Asian American will get it? Yeah, our our, our scaffolding my, job that one, uh, of my, one of my friends, uh, Russell Boyd. Said something on Instagram the other day, and I loved it. Oh, Russell uh, Boy, he's uh, he's the, actually the political chair uh, at the uh, for the NAACP at Texas uh, State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, we actually he actually came out here and donated to put out there. Shout uh, out, no man. But, Shout out to yeah, Russell Boy. Oh, yeah, Russell I love Boy, you, buddy. Real cool person. Real Shout cool out. person. Um, yeah, but he said uh, someone asked him a question on the little Instagram question thing, and his response to the question was education access opportunity. There you go. I was about to say something some similar. It. Two words. Speak on it. Community and accountability. Mm-hmm. As in, you know, from the Hispanic community, I could say community. We are not united at all. Despite 
what you want to say. We are not united, and this is so, this. Is, I've been itching to to spill this tea. Well, scratch you that need to go on, go on. Scratch it, please. What happens? And, and this goes to another, you know, social issue, colorism. Yeah. Ooh. It affects the That's Hispanic... That's something we haven't touched oh, on. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's, it is, affects the Hispanic community as well. Because as a joke, we tend to say uh, or call each other in a derogative manner, Indios, which means Indian or native. And we use that as an insult. Uh, or we call people Prietos, which is my skin like dark brown mm-hmm, like as that. if there's a problem with that mm-hmm. so you have light skinned versus dark uh-huh. skinned yes. in the Hispanic <laughs> community as well and there's a divide yeah. between them and so like I said there's there there's we're not united the Hispanic community it's not divided there's still inherent racism in the Hispanic community they, yes. they, they, I'll just say it like this the Afro-Mexicans were not put on the census until sometime this century. Well, I, I didn't even flipped. know that existed. Okay. Yes. So that I'll just I'll just agree with you on that because I didn't know that was a thing. In the state of Veracruz, there is there is a large amount of Afro Mexicans, and to this day, the Afro Afro Mexicans, along with the indigenous people of Mexico, are s- treated as second tier citizens. Wow. And so, like I said, on a you know. That's on a macro scale. At a micro scale, the com- like the communities are still divided because we uh, tend to believe one state is better than the other. Mm-hmm. Because me, I'm, I'm my my family is from Coahuila, which is like right under Texas. Uh, there is a kind of a rivalry between Coahuila and Michoacan or Zacatecas, all these other states, and we're like, no, our state is better than yours. Your no, my state is better than yours, and we tear each other down. Mm-hmm. So there's the community aspect to it. Now, accountability. Unfortunately, we don't hold ourselves accountable to a higher standard. This goes back to to what I said about people and, and the refineries. I mean, we don't hold ourselves accountable instead of being like, hey, man, you could be a process operator or you could work in instrumentation. Heck, you could be a chemical engineer and you could be working in the offices of these refineries we don't do that. We don't stimulate each other to grow professionally. Mm-hmm. We don't hold each other accountable at all. Yeah, it's more of like I live my life, you live yours, and and we'll just say hi at the grocery store. That's it. Mm-hmm. No community, no accountability whatsoever. Yeah, uh, I'm just drawing so many parallels. Yeah, our community. Yes, yes, and that's crazy. That it's like mind blowing that everything he said. You almost can, directly uh, applies to. Yeah, to the African American community. Because like you said about the accountability thing, yeah. we don't know that we can mm-hmm. aim for higher because we've not been like exposed to that. No, we don't we don't talk like that because everyone mm-hmm. everyone's mindset seems to be mm-hmm. do what you have to do to survive. Yeah. And stay in that survival bubble and don't be trying to get outside of the bubble and with all these big dreams and stuff, do what you need to do to take care of your family and that's it. Don't step on no toes, don't cross no lines, do what you need to do to provide. But I also feel like, and and I feel like that's in terms because the government has also put in certain things throughout history to make us minorities feel that way. Yeah. In our our, uh, house, we have 535. Of 535 representatives out of 535 only 18 Asian Americans serve in Congress 
18 out of 535. 535. And so... To put that in a perspective, would you rather have $18 or $535? <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, you did All right, then. It, 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 a whopping 3%. That's, that's, that's a lot of people. No, it's not. And, and I feel like, and like I was saying earlier at the beginning of the episode, in 1965, uh, Linda B. Johnson actually made the Immigration Act to where, like, if a, these Asian Americans include not only... And see, and what I... What, I hate what people don't understand is that even the Asian culture themselves, that they're, they're even with the Asian and Latinx culture, it's more than just Mexican, or it's more than just uh, Vietnamese. Yes. It's, it's it's actually it's a whole demographic of people. When I said that statistics about eighteen people out of five hundred thirty-five members that of, in a house, includes Korean, people, that, yeah, that, that, that includes Japanese people. That, that also includes, includes um uh our Middle Eastern people. Yes, that also that's includes all them. Of Asia. And that's all of Asia. And out of all of them, only eighteen people serve. And it's because in uh, in nineteen sixty-five. Blinda B. Johnson said, hey, the only way for you to come here is if you already lived here or if you had special skills. So you literally had to be a top-tier, yeah. cream-of-the-crop Asian in order to yeah. even have an opportunity here. And, and that's difficult because it's like saying, we don't want the dreamers. We don't want people with a dream to do better. No. We just want the ones who have survived in the community that they're already in. Exactly. And, and no matter if that survival was rooted in, in privilege or not, we want yes, you exactly. to come over and make us look up. Exactly. <laughs> and there's a parallel between 1965 and 2018. It's the same thing. Uh, a lot of people are like, yeah, we don't want immigrants. We want the good immigrants. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's like, and, 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 and that's... And my question I'm is, gonna say how are you stupid. making that decision? Exactly. That, that's bad that's a shallow decision. <laughs> yeah. Based on accolades, and there's nothing more superficial than that. Exactly. Not only that, but you, you, the same people that whine. Yeah. And bitch. <laughs> whine and <laughs> bitch. You already said that. Why? <laughs> yes, I said it. That whine and bitch about immigrants want to take the best immigrants from the countries. But at the same time, want to to leave those countries desolate of their natural All the resources. of their of their resources. Not only financial resources, but the biggest resource a country can have, and that's its people. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's just this this whole concept of model model minority or what is a good immigrant. It seems, it seems very imperialistic. It's imperialistic. It, at its core, it is. I mean, there's no way around it. It is, and and, and it is just. It just seems so strategic on how how, how everything's placed. Like in mm-hmm. how in 1965, what we what for real? Us, us black people, we're focusing on voting. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying. It just so a, it, yeah. It, it, no, no, go ahead. It just and it almost and it also the whole my model minority argument also just allows us to easierly easierly. We make up words on the Easter. Yeah, we, um, like, you know your it, grandma. It allows it. Exactly. it allows us to almost make it seem like somebody another minority's water is colder than ours. Yes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, because I'll as a black woman, I'll look at the Asian community and be like, Well damn, all them smart 
you know, them smart Asians, you know what I'm saying? But that's not, you know what I'm saying? That's not fair. Right. Because I'm holding them to this standard, because I'm not saying they dumb. Right. But I'm holding them to this standard that they did not agree to uphold. Right. And, and you know, it, I don't want, I didn't never, I never said I want to be a doctor. You and your homegirls say that just because my name Ling Ling, I want to be a doctor one I'm day. I'm good at, a, a, like, Yo, I'm going to do code. your nails or something. Like, yeah. no. That's not She it. actually has a dream one day to, you know, to be, a, to be a vet. Yeah. Right, to she loves animals. Yeah. To that, that movie thing, though, that... that okay, and, 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 he squared and, and, my girlfriend is Asian-American. Shout out to Casey Wynn. <laughs> um, and that's one thing that we talk about is, you know, representation in... Film. Film. There's Which is only not, 3%, by the way. Yeah, there's not a lot. Or if there is, or, or the Asian people that they do use in, in film, they use the same ones... Over and, and over, over, and they're they're the brighter skin because and usually they they're playing the, yeah. and usually they're playing the stereotypical role yes. of an Asian. They're yes, not yes, playing, yes. and that runs the both of us so hot. It, yeah. It's true, bro. It's true, and the reason why those Asian Americans d- don't have representation in film is because throughout history they were pencil pushers. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they come here, they were they were known as pencil pushers. You know, build my railroads. Yeah. Like, you know, build my railroads, you know, uh, stay in Silicon Valley, yep. you know, do my tech, do my, do, make sure that my technology is up to par, do that. You know, you don't have to be in my film. Yep, and what is that based in? The fact that it's like, our minds are conditioned in our communities, and it happens generation after generation, because the older generation tells it to the new generation, do what you have to do That's to survive. Right. Exactly. Not to follow your dreams, because when you start following your dreams initially, you're gonna be broke. That's too much of a white kid sticking. Yeah, no, 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 no. You, no, no, no. You're oh, you too, ain't like them white you're kids. You're too dark you can't to go dream. Doing all that. You're too dark to dream. You know that's you why we get into school. What, what is what is the one one thing that I it was crazy to me is that when I'm now that I'm in a a, a bigger pond of mm-hmm. actors and actresses, I only hear this story from you know white young women and young men. I've been in theater since I was three years old, and my yeah, my parents have afforded me this opportunity. I am made. I am perfect for this. Black kids been acting since what? I was acting in twelfth grade because I got kicked out of PE. Listen, you know what? It's just something we we almost we weren't afforded the opportunity to be even molded. No, it wasn't. It wasn't even a. It wasn't even a. I've been trying to, to do all that. Right. What's the acting class? Girl, get out of yeah, my face. Yeah, it wasn't an option. You what know? Girl, well, you better worry options. about getting a job. Yeah, the it, options were, or even if, after, before that, the options were, uh, we gonna put you in T-ball, and we gonna, we gonna get you in the basketball. Yeah, get uh, you a T-ball, you back ah, yeah. into the sport. And we gonna get you uh, the, the basketball goal with the little bit of basketball. Uh, we gonna, we gonna run track. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, baby. No, uh, no, 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 no. That's and, why and, you and, know football games, jam packed, yeah, theater I, shows, yeah. our plays. Three people. You yeah. know, I we didn't get voice lessons. Even even going to going to Texas State University, that shook me to the core because I'm like, you've been doing what for how long? <laughs> okay, your mama cool. got money. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so th- those kids talk about. I I've been taking voice lessons since I was like two. What? You can't even talk. Yeah. You couldn't form an intelligent <laughs> sentence at two. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Give I mean, me the give me the subject and the predicate. They were like ga 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 They they said my mom on key in key. You know, like, you know? Our well my voice lessons 
were from church. Yes. Yeah, my voice lessons singing in the yeah, choir rehearsal um, <laughs> on Mondays at 7 o'clock, sitting in the third row of the tennis section. That was my voice lessons. And you better not laugh too loud. Yeah, don't laugh too loud. <laughs> and if, it, it, what, it wasn't even like a, a one-on-one type of thing. You just try to listen to what everybody else is doing or the note they were, they were giving you and try to match. You don't know whether or not you're singing from the right place. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. We didn't get the... No. We didn't know what the no. was. And, and, no. And, uh, Takes away your right to dream. Yeah. And <laughs> heaven forbid you want to get... get. I'm sorry. I'm on my soapbox. Go, go, go ahead. ahead. Heaven Preach. forbid you want to take lessons in this stuff because then the, the, the next excuse you're going to get is that's the waste of money. Yeah, exactly. that I, I told this lady at my job that I was a theater major. Do you know what this, you know, she was, uh, she's a later 40s, early 50s. Her response was, oh, that's cute. Cute. Cute is for puppies. Thanks. Because <laughs> Angela Bassett didn't do it. Viola Davis didn't do yeah. it. Sydney Portier didn't do it. Ruby yeah. Sterling K. Brown didn't do it. Yeah, Sterling you know, K. Brown didn't do it. You know, Carrie Washington isn't no, doing it. So yeah. It's definitely cute. And, and, uh, Talking about theater, that that it's like it's the same thing with the Hispanic community uh, and the representation of the Hispanic in in media. We're always depicted as the same mm-hmm. one. No, no, two things. Once again, oh, we're depicted as a laborer mm-hmm. or as a gangster. Yeah, yeah, gangster. See, yeah laborer. No, that's, that's and, and, and so, as is almost the case for for anybody dark skinned. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, I I had to ask that. I'm so sorry. It's good. I had to ask that question at our uh, in our uh, our department. We had a, like a department meeting, and like we were talking about different things about diversity, and that came up. Why is it in almost every movie and in some stage productions, the villain and Porgy and Bess, and Porgy and Bess Crown is big is big and black. black. You know what I'm saying? Like. His character is Party almost of one is of King Kong. Of yeah. Him, uh, you know, of Godzilla. He's just like, just... Well... Uh, I yeah, go ahead. Go pretty ahead. sure y'all aren't aware, but there's a partial Porgy and Best reunion right here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they both of these guys did Robin. play Porgy and Best. <laughs> but what... what <laughs> one of my uh, questions to you guys is like, why is uh, representation for all minorities and everything important? Because, like, the thing is, we get it in film because, you know, we need to see our people uh, represented on film, on the big screen. And we get it kind of in Congress because we want our type of philosophies, our culture represented in Congress. But why is it important for, you know, everybody to get equal opportunities in, like you say, the industrial field or, like, in the labor field or in the uh, CEO uh, positions are in like uh, the boss positions. Why is it so important for us to get representation on that uh, type of uh, playing field? I think that it's important for 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 there to be like this this big melting pot of different people and different ideas and different skin colors. Exactly for the for the fact of um, our experiences and our lifestyles are completely different. We didn't all come from the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, even being black, we didn't all come from the same place. Your, your neighborhood might have been different from mine. Mm-hmm. So there's something of value you can contribute exactly. based upon your experience. Um, let's, just, let's say if uh, in, in the industrial business they were trying to build something somewhere. If you had a diverse group of people working on your team, they could tell you, well, you might not want to build this here because this is what's already there. This this is what the community is already like. This yeah, is this what is the they need. Value. This is not yeah. what they're going to need. This is not what they want. Yeah. 
based on if it was all one culture, one mindset to get money, and they go and make a stupid move and, and not, not do as well as they planned on doing because they didn't have any idea of what they were the place they were going to build what they wanted to build in you know exactly is that, that making sense no like yeah, basically because what, what okay. i'm drawing from you is that a lot of gentrification can be avoided, avoided. if was, we had pe- if we word, had people represented yeah. in those fields yeah like you you you'll, you'll never know the story of someone if you don't invite them to the table yeah exactly. all you get is speculation if you don't Include them. The Urban mm-hmm. Dictionary um, definition of gentrification is when white people move to the hood and build cupcake shops. <laughs> <laughs> that is, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, I need a grocery store. Would you yeah, give they me need a cupcake? A, who needs, you we know, need a that? pharmacy. We, yes. Yes. In a, in a neighborhood. we need a whole food. Yeah, in a, in a neighborhood of people over 75 who live along with their spouses. Yeah. They, we need a grocery store and a pharmacy. Not a cupcake On the west shop. Side. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's just, you know, shop. and I think to answer the, the question of, you know, I personally, um, I've been throughout my small career as of, as of now, I've been uh, awarded the opportunity to work with a lot of children. And that's what I think, that's why it's so important. Because I don't, you know, it's not really, you know, to me it's important, yes, for, you know, white folks to see us air well. Yeah, because we could do everything. Yes. yes. But it's past that. You yes. know, it's bigger, than, bigger that. than that. I want little, you know, you know, brown and black kids to see us in different fields yes. and them to know. That because, yeah, that's why we didn't do it. Because we didn't see it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? But now, you know, you see you see, you see women like Maxine Waters. You know what I'm saying? You see all of these women. That we didn't doing, even know existed. Yeah, that we didn't even. Yeah. She's well, been you know, there the whole time. You just do the, you, these small things will just allow kids to, and definitely kids in small towns like this one. Yes. It'll allow them to realize and see that I'm much more than what's placed in front mm-hmm. of me. You know, yes, I could, you know, do a side little, you know, activity if I want to. If I want to play volleyball, after I can school, do that. I could do There's that. Nothing wrong but with I that. know that that's not what I'm limited yeah, to. That's not the end all be all. You know, exactly. I can go to law school. I can go to, you know, I could be a doctor I if I want chef. to. Yes, I could be a chef. I can own my own restaurant Hello. I if I wanted to. Yes. I can be a writer. You There's know, nothing so wrong with a, a recurrent thing I noticed throughout this, this, this discussion is dreams. And, and I just think about the fact that whenever you dream, that dream does not discriminate against you. Yeah. The right. concept of the dream. Ooh, I, I, like I, have this, I have this quote. Ooh. I have a quote. And it goes, we don't pick our dreams. The dreams pick us. Come on, sir. So when the dream picks a brown kid or a black kid. It doesn't care. It doesn't care. So why should the people care? Like, why do they get to define what a model minority is? Yeah, it's like my prof- the American dream has no color. My proficiency in this certain uh, skill doesn't have to do anything with my skin. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, is, it was chosen for me. Yeah, the the American dream does not define us; we define it. Yeah, <laughs> and j- just because I may have the body type for it, don't mean I want to do it. Yeah, and that's the thing. And my, it's even now. It's still hard within the field that I'm in. You know, I'm. You know, if people hear that I'm, you know, I want to be an actress. Oh, you want to be a video vixen though? No, I said an actress. actress. Oh, you want to be a video vixen? No. no, no. 
Like as in real plays, as in shows, I can act. Television. Playwrights. Yeah, film, you know, you know, it's still, you know, things that as as black women and as black people, we still have to, you know, you know, maneuver around it in entertainment, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's just, it'll be a great thing to see us and take over so many attributes of just life. Yeah. You know, I'm, I want to go from looking at this black TV show. Oh, I need to go get some medicine. I'm going to go to the pharmacy down the street. And the lady that's selling me my medicine, oh, she's black too. Um, then I leave that. And then, oh, I find out, oh, who owns this? Oh, that's that black lady, Miss Johnson from down the street. She owns it. And honestly, I feel like uh, when Cesar, when he was talking about uh, drawing parallels between our community and our accountability and how brown skinned uh, people and black, black people can't take, don't, as a, as, as a mass, don't take accountability. I feel like at, for us as, as minorities to truly succeed, it, we, we have to do this together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have to, like, we have to, as you, as my Latin brother, we, I have to hold your hand. Absolutely. You have to hold my hand. Absolutely. As my, I have to hold the hand of my Asian sister. We have to hold each other's hand because just, just I, I, I'm going to say this and people are going to get mad at me. Uh, a unification for black people without minorities is impossible. Mm-hmm. And same for Amen. every other minority. Amen. The minority, a unification for the Latinx community is impossible without black and Asian people. Oh, definitely. It, it's, definitely. Impossible. it's impossible. And that's why I create. I, I created this uh, show, Model Minority, because, uh, well, this episode of Model Minority, because just like Rilla Bull, I want this to be a continuing series called War. And the acronyms being, We Are All Racist. In our own part. Because when we think of Model Minority... Look, who stressed the model minority on us the most? We said it. Our parents and our society, in our in our communities. Mm-hmm. You know, y- yeah. You know, when you talk about laws that are put into place throughout history and quotas that were set, yes, the there are fields that are more open to us. Just, uh, just being uh, black, black or being brown. Yeah. But it all started because our parents or our community was like hey you can't do that you do this mm-hmm. you can't do that you do this and that's what I, I, I see the what, parallel I was told acting was for white people that's what I was told mm-hmm. <laughs> what man dog I, I tell you I've like I've like got like when I was younger I got consistently stuff like white people black people don't do that that's stuff white people do I consistently got stuff boy like if you want rap yeah, or, theaters ooh, for white people. Yeah, theaters for white people. Or if you want to take dance lessons, the uh, whole, they would label that gay. Yeah, the whole like, aspect of a musical activity is just totally not accepted. Yeah, like, you're oh, in a musical. musical. Oh my god, don't get me started on musicals. And that's what I'm saying. That's why I <laughs> feel like we are all we are all inclusive cast. <laughs> as communities, we are all innately racist because of the historical principles that have been put through our like each minority separately throughout our whole history as Americans. Yeah. You know, we are different from uh, black people. We are different from Africans. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have a different culture than Africans. We have the Harlem Renaissance. And I'm sure you can attest to that. You know, you being indigenous, you're different from a Spaniard. Are a people, people. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> Don't get me, look, look, this, this is just, just, just like kind of a sneak peek. I'm, I, I actually am going to be presenting in New Orleans at the Pop Culture Conference. Come on and present my, the Pop my, Culture my, Conference. Uh, my research 
uh, about indigenous people. Mm-hmm. And, and the title of it is Returning to Aslan. Aslan mm-hmm. is a Chicano term which means returning to our land. And although it's uh, geographical in essence, I decided to adopt it to entertainment. Returning mm-hmm. to Aslan, how Chicano films, Chicano being Mexican-American, uh, defeated Hispanic stereotypes by embracing indigenous roots. And so uh, I set my argument by stating that this is a cultural problem. It's a, it's a cultural problem because since, fi- since 1519, my mistake, since 1519, when Hernan Cortes came with the Spaniards, they laid waste to a beautiful culture. And from 1519 on up until the 1800s when the first indigenous, indigenous president, Benito Juarez, takes control, not takes control, but becomes president, mm-hmm. uh, becomes leader of Mexico, there's 300 years of inherent racism against indigenous people. They, up like today, Mexico treated its indigenous people like second tier citizens. And so, there's a lot of research in it, and there's one, one person, his name is Juan Gomez Quinones, he's a historian, uh, a Mexican historian, like who thought, like who who out there is like, oh, oh a Mexican nice. historian. He's an American historian too. <laughs> he, Hello. He says that whenever there's a dominant culture that takes control of another culture, they eliminate it and put in a false culture, an ersatz culture, mm-hmm. and that's my argument that that the only way to truly achieve great representation in any field is if we return and embrace our indigenous roots rather than to let what has been put into place you know affect us reinforce those ideas that that I I don't like saying it like this but that that has been set by you know the white man the imperialist man the imperialist man that, that's the nice way to say it. Yeah, we, we all, hey, come on. We, yeah, know, white, we, we know the truth. Yes, we but, know because the truth. that's the thing. White people are racist, but the thing is, we, we are, are all, all racist. racist. And, and, and that comes to it, too. We have to hold them accountable as we hold ourselves accountable. Like, personally, me, I can say Mexicans are racist. <laughs> Completely racist. Man, I, I know you didn't want to talk about it, man, but Mexico actually, you know, as a national fan base for their teams for the FIFA World Cup, they've been getting some backlash and a lot of people suspect Oh, them. definitely. Yeah, so burning you, flags. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, what is going on? And, 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 and like I said, <laughs> accountability. I'm like, how can you be in the United States and whine about about unjust treatment but you turn around and treat Central Americans like crap. How can you cry about being treated like an illegal alien if you treat black people like crap too? I mean there's inherent racism there that we're not addressing and I'd, I'd like to finally address. Um, <laughs> don't, but, don't cry about a wound when you, you use the same knife to stab somebody else. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Most definitely. And so it's like yes we are all racist. Not just a white man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The brown man too. Oh yes. The black yeah, man. Like, oh yes. The Asian man. We are all racist, but it's it's and that's why it the term is systematic. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yes. And and I feel like that's where a lot of people they kind of get turned off about oh systematic racism. Yeah, everybody says that. What is that? What is that? These this these are the tools of systematic racism. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, it it's not just one defined thing. It's over history what has been happening. You and know how it evolves. And yeah. how exactly and how it evolves. So I think. 
the the solution, the magic pill, if you if you might. We have to recognize our past. We have to embrace our past to set a new future. Mm-hmm. We cannot let the past define us, but looking at it, l- like looking at it and realizing where was these, where were these stigmas reinforced? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why exactly. are my own people reinforcing the stigma? Because exactly. me, I could say, man, the only thing they see me as is going to refinery straight out of graduating high school. Mm-hmm. But on, as, as holistically, as a Hispanic community, are we setting the the foundation setting for the, the for setting the tone for the future Hispanics to be like, you know what? Maybe I don't want to just be a laborer mm-hmm. at the refinery. Like I previously stated, maybe I want to be a chemical engineer, yeah. a process operator, a historian, or a historian. <laughs> or my uh, my future um, history professor for next semester because he wasn't my history professor Dr. Chavez yeah like really did, yeah. did, did, did was I really gonna think that I was gonna go to Lamar University and find myself a, a Mexican professor I, I did right, not think that was gonna happen exactly that's super super important um, how you how you talked about us looking back at our past and realizing and identifying where all of these stigma, stigmas come from and why uh, we keep continue yeah why we continue to reinforce them because within the black community, and you talked about this earlier, colorism is still a thing. Yeah, uh, the definitely. whole good hair, bad hair is still a thing. It's still but, colorism. Yeah. If we look back at to at, at why that's a thing and why we still, you know, have it and realize that was the defining uh, tool between whether or not you worked in the field or if you worked inside of the big house, we wouldn't be carrying that anymore because it... It originates in an ugly, yeah. disgusting we system slaves. of racism. Exactly. Yeah, we were both slaves just because you were in, in the yeah, house sleeping with the master. Air conditioner. Yeah. And you know, the history. Being sexually abused, I was still being physically abused, abused. Yeah. out in the field cooking yeah. in the sun. But it, it's both rooted in slavery. So it, it doesn't matter that your hair texture is finer than mine. It doesn't matter that your eyes are green and eyes are brown. Your skin is it, fairer yeah, than mine. Yeah, that your skin is fairer than and, mine. And Guess lo- what, baby? We're both black. And likewise, huh? in the Hispanic community, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if I'm more browner than you. It doesn't matter if you're lighter than me. We're still Mexican. Yeah. And by the looks of it, the races are still going to call you Mexican. Absolutely. They're still going to call you. Absolutely. They're still, they're still going to call you an illegal alien. They're still going to tell you to go like, back to your country. When they see that last name, that's all that matters. They, see, yes. they see what you're... you're, you're you're, act, you're directly connected to that it's not gonna matter that you you know what I'm saying that you're you're fair skinned if your last name's still Johnston baby that oh yeah Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why the only way we can accomplish and set the tone for the model minority to be depleted, completely depleted, is that we have to come together and prove them wrong. Absolutely. And I love this conversation because we have to engage in war. Engage in war because we are all racist. We look at all of our own minority groups and, you know, our own marginalized people and we know us. You know, you know, imperialist men, they know of us. You know, so that's what helps them feel like they could put and pick and choose where we go. But and, we know and, it. And my, my main thing is that uh, since it's systematic, this is racism that has been put in place way before the white people that we blame it on today. Yeah, you that's know, what I'm saying. We know us. Exactly. So we know how to fix it. And that's it's why not looking to anybody else to fix it. And, and that's why I'm saying us minorities, we are all minorities are dualists. We live in both worlds. We live in our community, and we live in the age of the imperialists yeah. as well, uh, whether that be the European man or not. 
But code switching is such a tool. <laughs> That's why I really love talks like this. But before we wrap it up, is there anything you guys want to say and any opinions that you guys want to put down on the plate? Y'all said some heavy stuff. Yeah, we had this. This was a really oh, yeah. good. Uh, I, mean, I couldn't even I think we need that there's still issues that have to be addressed and they will be addressed whenever they come up but we we cannot continue to uh turn the blind eye. No. We we cannot continue not. to not addressing these issues. Yeah. Uh they have to be addressed or if not they will be used against yeah. us. Mm-hmm. We, we can't, and they will, we can't. will not used to be. They will continue to, to be, be used. And I feel like they'll be used against us in the worst way because it's always that, that saying, you know better, you do better. Right. And now that we know and we still won't continue to do right. better. You, we, Look, can't, we, can't, we can't keep crying about the same spilled milk. So, oh, the milk is getting all on the carpet. <laughs> okay, and there's a napkin that is sitting on the table. But like I was here the last time, you got to go get up off the couch, go to the table, pick up the napkin, and start wiping the stuff up. You know what I'm saying? We, even though these conversations might make us uncomfortable, uncomfortable. they're still worth having. You know? Can't, yeah. You can't. You exactly. can't. Historically, empires fall from within. Out never in. from out there. Yes. So... You know, our cultures, you know, the Hispanic, the Latinx culture, the the Asian culture, the black culture. If we do not address these issues, we will implode. Absolutely. And once that happens, oppression will be reinforced to a degree that we can probably never come back. Yeah, what, what savior is there going to be then? Yeah. I feel like that was... Oh, really good way. Well, this was E2, the podcast today. <laughs> we're, we're, we're about to, to go full Malcolm X on you. Yeah, well, I'm about to go full yeah. Latin X on you. But, we, but uh, this is a series that I'm really interested to start, man. This was a great way to start it with the model minority. I did not know you guys were going to speak with, with so much profound intensity. <laughs> Look, and, we didn't either. Yeah, we didn't and, either. We were excited. And like, I did not know Latin X would just come here and like just, man, like draw so many parallels that we even face in the black community <laughs> but remember guys if you guys want to keep up to date follow the instagram e to the podcast follow the twitter e to the podcast and follow us on facebook as well um if that's all latinx can you lead us out yo this has been e2 we'll catch you around next time that's my theme music <laughs>